Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today, because we always do. Every artist that we bring on is great in our eyes. They're awesome. They're doing some great things. And we got Crystal King coming on. And I love her song that we'll be playing later. Um, in fact, it kind of reminds us of our marriage, but we'll talk about that later. But anyway, yes, I'm we're here looking forward. we do love that song. <laughs> <laughs> but we're looking forward to hearing parts of her story and talking music. Mm-hmm. So, Crystal, are you here? I am. Thank you guys for having me. It's our oh, pleasure thank you for, for being you to come here. On. And I always yeah. start out the same right now. Um, the elephant mm-hmm. in the room, how's COVID affecting you? You know, it's it's definitely been some ups and downs. Um, I'm definitely missing playing live and getting out and seeing, you know, people's faces and getting to engage mm. with them. Um, yeah. On yeah. the bright side of things, you know, it has given me kind of a chance to slow down just both personally as well yeah. as creatively. Um, so yeah. I've been able to mm-hmm. work on, you know, learning new covers, um, writing a lot, and we even we released a song that we produced and did everything for at home which was kind of cool um and then you know work on just releasing so it kind of gave us a chance to do some of the administrative side creative side um while just having a chance to to live and breathe and slow down for a minute what's funny is the opposite happened for us because for years we've always lived the slow life you know and we've managed to keep it balanced and when this happened we went from balanced to whoosh because of the show. <laughs> and we love it. <laughs> and we like but we love it. <laughs> Amazing opportunity for you guys. Yeah, kind of yeah. to take advantage it of is. that. Absolutely. Because, you know, that's one thing I've learned. And, you know, when crisis happens, there's always opportunity there for we'll look for. I mean, again, we don't want deaths. We don't want people no, to get the virus. We, we don't want to get the virus. Absolutely not. No. It's there. There's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is try to find a way to turn it into something positive. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. Couldn't agree with you more with that. (laughs) So as we get started, I always like to start a little bit light before we really dig deep. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? You know, so it it is hard as a musician just because you – especially an independent musician because I do my all my own booking um graphics mm. everything mm-hmm. so sometimes you know that almost is my hobby but um I love <laughs> I have a dog his name is Bowberry Biscuit so he yeah. is um you it. know he's my baby and so taking him on walks playing with him cuddling with him he's he is a hobby in himself um, mm-hmm. Me and my husband mm-hmm. love to go out on hikes, watch movies. I love to read when I can get myself to to sit down and do it. Um, yeah, so, but a lot of a lot of time spent with my dog and my husband. <laughs> awesome. So how is you know since you said husband, how's your husband feel about the music and you know because again with music it's, it's you got to have a special partner <laughs> to to understand it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, he actually is my drummer. Um, oh, wow. So he, oh, wow. And he he has really, like, stepped up and helped out with a lot of the stuff that we've done. You know, he kind of learned mm-hmm. to do some photography and learned a little bit of basic graphic design. And he's actually just oh, helped wow. me and embraced a lot of that, um, especially, you know, he's a, he's a music teacher. Um, mm-hmm. And so during mm-hmm. COVID, you know, working from home, he kind of has helped me with, with some of that stuff as well. <laughs> That is awesome, you know, because, you know, Sandy and I, we've been basically 
a 24-7 couple for almost 18 years of marriage. People think we're crazy, but it's funny. You know, We've been put down for living this type of marriage, but we, what we have found is we finally found our people because we have found a lot of musicians, their spouses plugged within their, within their organization, which makes them where they're almost like a 24-7 couple like us. So it's been like, hey, we found mm-hmm. our people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we try to do some things that are not music related and um, kind of have our own own set of stuff as well. But, you know, it's been yeah. really cool to get to do the music side of things together. And it's just it's fun to work together. So what is something quirky about you? <laughs> I think I'm just like one giant quirk. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! So something specific, quirky about me. Um, I just talk a lot. I just have always yeah. been a jabberjaw. That's I'm pretty me. sure my mom, you know, she she's always said, you know, if you get kidnapped, like that is your weapon. Mm. Just talk to them enough, <laughs> and they'll bring you back. Um, <laughs> That's just like I remember the story of the. I think it was in Atlanta where the lady was. I can't remember her name, but she was kidnapped. Oh, that's right. We listened to her book on audio. And she spent, I think it was four or five days with him, and all she did was talk to him and finally got to his heart, and he eventually let her go. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, power of of words or just, you know. She convinced yeah, she him somehow that, connected that with it was the right thing. Now. She connected with him on that on a deep level that I guess on a other deep people emotional never level. did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <clears throat> but I always joked with Sandy for the years that if if I could ever get paid to talk, we'd be rich. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, for the almost eighteen years of marriage, and we always joke about this now, but. For almost 18 years of marriage, we'd be out and about, and I'm not talking about running into friends. I'm running into strangers, and if I end up in a conversation with a stranger, and we're two, three minutes in, Sandy would almost have to roll her eyes because she'd know we're going to be there 60 minutes. It's almost, <laughs> and I've done that, yeah. and I've done that thousands of times in this time frame, and it's funny because I, we didn't realize it then, but now we realize that's what prepared us for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about, you know, music or radio, you know, you get to use your natural talents and and just who you are and put that in there. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um as we dig a little deeper into you, um tell everybody a little bit of where you're from and kind of a brief overview of you, kind of your backstory. Yeah, so I am from Hickory, North Carolina. Um, so I grew up there. I went to college at Appalachian State University. Um, always dreamt of moving to Nashville and doing singing, songwriting, loved country music. And um, I did go to, I went to college and just came from a kind of half dreamy, but also very practical family. So, um, you know, I, I did major in music therapy and I, I do still do that um, part time. Um, so I work, um, in mental health as a music therapist, but, um, after I kind of started working after college, just found that I was still craving to pursue music. Um, Mm -hmm. and it sort of felt like I'd held myself back from that a little bit, just Mm -hmm. being practical. Mm -hmm. And so me and my husband, um, got engaged and we were living in two different areas and, you know, we were like, well, are you going to move to me? Am I going to move to you? 
<laughs> and we just decided <laughs> to move to Nashville. So <laughs> Oh, well. Not quite yeah. meeting in the middle, but we just decided to both pack up and, and make that, that leap and move to Nashville to pursue music. So we've been here about three years now and have started releasing music in the past year, and we're loving it. We completely think we made the right choice. Oh, that awesome. is awesome. We're planning on making that move next year because uh, everything we do. Yeah. You know, and I, my dream has been to move to Florida, I'll be honest. I'm a beach person. I'm a coastal person. And, and – and Jacksonville is like Florida. It's like one of my favorite places to go. We go there a lot. And I really thought that's where we were going to be. And we were, going to, we were talking about moving and all that. And about six, seven, eight months ago, I got to thinking, I was like, that's telling Sandy. I was like, we've got a problem here. We go to Jacksonville so much, but we have not been able to create any type of meaningful friendships at all. Now, granted, we're not down there, but we go so much, you would think we would create some. And it's like nothing. It's like we push in doors, walls, and nothing. And then, but yet over here, all of a sudden, we realize, whoa, you know, I've got all these Nashville friends, and ninety percent of our connections are in Nashville now. And I'm sitting there like, um, okay, um, Florida may not be the option. Maybe God has a yeah. different plan for <laughs> us, and Nashville is supposed to be it. And it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes that happens. You just kind of have the right opportunities, and they kind of push you to where you you need to be, even if it's not where you expected. You know, once we once we actually made the move here, once we got out of that rough like first year of just uh-huh. you know financial getting everything put into place, making those connections. Um, you know, we kind of knew it was the right move. Whenever mm-hmm. I think before we moved mm-hmm. here, I was like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? You know, just questioning everything. But then once we were here, I was like. I stopped questioning, and once that questioning went away, I was like, okay, that's how you know it's right. So, yeah. See, the questioning <laughs> was probably um, your mind saying, you know what, I don't want to do it. You're, you're the enemy attacking you saying, nope, let's stop it. Let's stop it. They're supposed to be there. You know, <laughs> that's what I believe. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's awesome when those, those connections just start happening for you, and you're like, okay, this is, this is what God wanted. Yep, then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you start mm-hmm. putting – the connections together, and you're like, hmm, that led to that, which led to that, which led to mm-hmm. that. Okay, this makes total sense now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so at what age did you know, you know, not necessarily that you know you want to do, do music, but because uh, I, I like go a different route than most people. What age did you know that this could actually be a career for you? You know, I think – it's kind of, I think I've always said I wanted to be a country singer since I was maybe like mm-hmm. three or five years old. It's always been what I said I wanted to do. Um, but I think, you know, you get caught up in this like, oh, you have to, to make it means you have to be the next Carrie Underwood of the world or yeah. the next Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was the fear factor like during college and starting my career is just like, okay, like how do I actually go about doing this? That's such a big dream. Um, But I think when we actually moved to Nashville is I think whenever I really realized, I was like, oh, okay, like I can be successful in music without, you know, having to be the next Carrie Underwood. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. you can – there's so many amazing artists that are successful and um, Mm -hmm. establish themselves and have fan base and get to do this even if you don't hear them on the radio every day. Yeah. And so I think, like, moving to Nashville, like, actually set in the reality of it and started getting me to recognize, like, 
okay, there's actual logical steps I can take. It's not just I have to win the show or I have to, you know, ha- mm-hmm. find this label that discovers me. Um, so I think that was the point when I was like, oh, okay, like I can oh, actually wow. do this. This is this is something that's actually feasible for me. I love that. And perfectly into where I'm about to go, um, as you know, it's tough. And, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of the big artists. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifices that it takes for an artist because if you know, it takes everything an artist got to, to even make it at small levels, much less the big levels. And and I want to go there a little bit. I'll tell a little story to help us lead into there. Back in 2014, we interviewed um, Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full time with music. And I asked Allison, what advice would you give an up and coming artist? And she said that if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment you want it to be a career, everything has to change. She goes, your life has to change. You have to eat, breathe, eat, sleep, and breathe music for the most part. Now, she's not saying that, that you can't have a job outside of it because sometimes a job keeps you afloat while you're building <laughs> that brand. But either way, outside of that, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe music. She said that there's days that you're just miserable. You're, you're not feeling well. You may have even have partly flu, but you still got to get on that stage and smile like, you know, that night, like there is no tomorrow. It said that your friends and relatives will never, they never understand because they invite you to weddings. They invite you to weekends. They invite you on holidays, but you got gigs. You can't, you know, you can't just say no to the gig when you got nine other people, 10 other people or more on the line for that particular gig. So you can't mm-hmm. just say no. Um, she says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way that those type of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there about that side of it. I mean, I think, I think that's so true. I mean, I, I did try to, to do, I mean, I was still doing music, <laughs> um, but I did try the music therapy route and I do, and I still do it and I love it. Yeah. But I also discovered mm-hmm. that. I love the freedom of being an artist and not having, you know, the mm-hmm. nine to five hours. Um, I love sort of just the freedom of creativity. Um, but you do, mm-hmm. you do eat, sleep, breathe music. I a lot of times come home from doing music therapy work and then I sit on my mm-hmm. computer booking and sending emails and <clears throat> promoting, um, you know, every morning mm-hmm. my first thing is to like make a post on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. And then my mm-hmm. days off from work, I'm typically either playing um, either after work in the evenings or I'm um, I'm doing some sort of work for my music, doing co-writes, something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have discovered, you know, I actually, I guess pro- probably the, the more logical side of me actually enjoys mm-hmm. some of the business side of things too. Um, yeah. So I think that helped, you know, some, I, yeah. I love the creative side, yeah. but I also kind of enjoyed the business side. Um, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's a part that people do struggle with is they, yeah. they just want to be creative and they don't want to have to do the other side. But this day and, and this age, you time, have you can't to. Do that. Yeah, you yeah. have to do all of it. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I've discovered I, I actually like both ends of it, which I think makes it more more fun for me, even though it is work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so just figuring out a balance with that is important. But, um, you know, I just think once I got to that point that I recognized, like, okay, this isn't going away, and this is still in my mind and my heart to do this, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, made all the difference when I stopped fighting that. Yeah, cause, and I think the virus, to a degree, is actually going to make or break 
awesome artist. They're 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 gonna there's gonna be a gut check this year for a lot of people where they're gonna ask themselves, is this really what I want? Mhm. I think that's gonna be huge yeah. this year for people. Yeah, I agree. Because it's, it's tough, and <clears throat> so you know, there's probably moments where where you've um, had to make those gut wrenching decisions where you're like you're at a crossroads. And you're like, man, you know, some, it, there might be a day where, where you're just like nothing's working. You, you're, you're frustrated because every artist gets that, and we get that too. Um, and you want it, we want it to happen, and it's happening, but it's like so slow and all that. What do you do to get through those rough moments? What drives you through those? Yeah, and those, those happen sometimes, and sometimes, you know, you have to wallow in it for a minute. Um, but I think mm-hmm. just keeping plugging, um, just keep working. And then about the time that that happens, usually like three more good things line up for you. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. And so you just kind of have to keep working and pushing for it. And I just have an awesome support system um, that believes in me. And, you know, and so that's super awesome to have. Um, and, and just recognizing that not everything's personal. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be somebody that doesn't like you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's going to be somebody yeah. <laughs> that you, I mean, I did play a gig once and I think, um, you know, I think like the sound guy didn't like me, but then the next time I played the, the another person was like, I don't know what they were talking about. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it, everybody family. has their opinion and that's okay. And that's, and it's not personal. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you need to give up. Yeah. And right. I definitely know what you mean because, um, I guess about two months in might have been something like that. I was frustrated and all that, and I got this email, and I really thought I had a chance to get this person on our show because I kind of knew her family. And it was a politely decline from her people, and I guess we weren't big enough yet for that. And and something I learned is just because you know family, once they're signed to a label, that no longer matters. I didn't understand that at the mm-hmm. time, but I, I get it now. <laughs> and but, but the funny thing about it, I was so frustrated in that moment. It's like an hour later, another PR company shot me an email and, and says, I'd like to get six of our artists on your, on your show. That just, again, like you said, all of a sudden you get frustrated and a little bit later, Something something comes and that's and I was like and and one of the artists was kind of a game changer for us a little bit so it was really cool that all of a sudden we we got six artists even though we got turned down by one yeah things mm-hmm. just happen and and you know you just have to roll with it mm-hmm. and you know in this business about maybe sixty percent of it's talent forty percent of you know how hard you work and and network and so just keeping that in mind and probably one percent you know, luck. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Because <laughs> it does take a, you know, because again, when you watch some people's career, yeah, they've been working hard for 10 years, 12 years. I get that. But there are moments where you're like, they went from almost nothing, nobody knowing who they are, to in a 90 day span to ever the world knowing. And, you know, that yeah. does take a small piece of luck at the same time where, where you put the work, you put the work, you put the work in, and then that moment for explosion happens on one piece of song. Mhm. Yeah, completely <laughs> agree. And so it's 
it's going to be an interesting time, like you said, with with COVID. I think that'll that'll kind of make or break a lot of people, or or just make them put in perspective, you know, about their self care and yeah. what they really want. So exactly. Um, so yeah, so, I think mm-hmm. just in those frustrating moments, just keep pushing. Yep. So now that we talked about the sacrifice side and the struggles, like I always like to talk about that because I think people misjudge artists because you know you hear people say the artist just needs a real job and all that, and they don't get this is a real job. In fact, it's 20,000 jobs in one, you know, <laughs> people don't get that. And I always like to bring mm-hmm. that side out of it. Now that we talked about that side of it, now let's talk about where that leads because, um, of course, the reward side. Now, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you can look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that? Yeah, there's been – I think the biggest thing for me this year has been mm-hmm. um, releasing music. Um I think that's been one of the most rewarding mm-hmm. things is actually getting to actually push my music out there and seeing it be Hello. receptive and build my audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, picking up a lot of these, these interviews, picking up just live shows, you know, even like dreamed of like, you know, singing downtown Nashville. And so it's like mm-hmm. those things that seemed so big. And now that I'm like living it and getting to do some of those things is just really validating yeah. and cool. That's really awesome. Um, now's the perfect time. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Slow Love, and again, love that song. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, so hang, hang on the line. Will do. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
Yes, great song. <clears throat> Thank you and, so much. And, and, you know, the part that really gets me is where it talks about um, losing the time in that moment. Because, you know, after all, you know, October will be 18 years we've been married. And we still Congratulations. I mean, there, are t- there, are, thanks, there are times that we're driving down the road and we have to make a turn. And we miss the turn because we're just in the moment together. Yeah, talking or <laughs> just lost in the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Even, you know, after all that time. But, and that's the point of the song is, you know, even after 50 years yeah. that you're still, like, soaking up mm-hmm. every moment with that person. And... Yes, absolutely. So how did that song come together? So that was a, a co-write with my friend um, John Hemingway. Um, and so – we had a co-write books and got together and he, he'd mentioned that title and we just sort of started just talking about like our dating experiences and our marriages uh-huh. and, um, and granted John's been married for over 40 years. Um, wow. and then me and my husband have been married for about two years. So <laughs> as you can imagine, <laughs> our, our dating experiences and just the world, um, <laughs> the world's dating views during those times, mm-hmm. that much time has changed a lot. Um, so, but it kind of worked that we had those those two different perspectives because one thing that we found like in common with that was just this idea of like whenever you're whenever you're ready to just get to know somebody and just want to take in every moment with them and you're not it's it's dating or being together and being in the moment and. But yeah. but knowing that you're going towards something, you know, so we yeah. we both just had that value of like 
taking things slow, especially in such a fast paced world, you know, all the media, everything Mm -hmm. that's kind of hitting you right now, just kind of that, the idea of like slowing down, um, even in love. So now we took it fast. I mean, so, because we, you know, funny, uh, the story is, you know, we, we met online back in February of 2002. Of course, back then it was taboo. I mean, everybody meets online now, but back then it was really taboo. You just didn't do it. And, um, but we met, we met online February 2nd. We talked on the phone February 4th. February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's, that is amazing. I, I can't imagine, but that's super cool. And, <laughs> and I, are, I do love hearing you – know. <laughs> I do love hearing those stories that are like that where it's just like, you know, we, we met and we knew, and we're still yeah, together today. So I think that's a super, mm-hmm. super cool story. We just, um, we just me and my husband, it was one of them things where God just told us. It was like, this is it. And we took that That's thing. amazing. Yeah, me, me and my husband did take, take the long way around. We met actually in high school band camp of all mm-hmm. places. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and we dated for like three or four months in high school, and then we broke up. Mm-hmm. And I we just stayed good friends. We stayed friends. Yeah. You know, we went to two different colleges, yeah. but we'd come home, and we'd hang out and see each other with our friend group. And at some huh. point, I think we, like our senior year of college, we came home and our friends didn't come home that year. So we're like, oh, <laughs> we'll still hang out. <laughs> and so oh, at that wow. point, we were like, oh, okay, like, there's still something <laughs> there. And so we started dating again and, you know, after a few years got engaged. But, yeah, we sort of, we took the, the long way around. <laughs> but what matters is you got there, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got there. But it's cool. I mean, I, I married my best friend, so. Oh, exactly. And that's, and that's uh. what matters is, you know, so many people, they want to jump. And again, I don't tell people they should be, do it the way we did it. We just, we're, we were crazy. We <laughs> and, were crazy. <laughs> and, 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 but, you know, you, you do want to marry your best friend. And I can remember that, you know, a lot of people, they had, they, they had, they have all these dates that they go on and they're being lined and dined. So, so it glosses over the relation, the real Sandy and I, cause she lived in Kentucky and I lived in Georgia. All we had was the phone. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I would go up, she came down a couple times. I went up there a couple of times. So we didn't really have face to face. We didn't have dates. We didn't have none of that. We just had the phone and four or five hours a night. Every night, yeah. So we yeah. got to really know in depth with each other because we because we married October fifth of two thousand two, like eight months later. But we got so in depth that I believe that we knew each other more. But the day we married, than most people who date all the time do. That's super cool. I mean, because yeah, you had the opportunity to do with talk, so it kind of forced you to yep. to just go yeah. ahead and and you know, and if you didn't run out of things to talk about at that point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we still, so cool. I mean, uh, uh, like I said, we've been a twenty. And it's funny because when we first married, I said, "Okay, now we get to date," you know. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and we, we still talk just as much now as we, if not more, than we did then. Even though we've been a twenty-four-seven couple for almost eighteen years of marriage, we still we mm-hmm. never have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a, the song is, it's not like a, this is the right way to do it or anything like that. Yeah. The song is just supposed to yeah. mean like, 
just taking your time and, and getting to know each other and, and kind of soaking up every moment. So, you know, it's not like a, a you should do it this way or that way. It's just a, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Because, you know, that value of getting yeah. to know Soak each up other. That moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, as you know, you know, when people see an artist, they, they see the artist. They don't really see the team. And I think that a lot of times the team behind the artist gets no recognition. And, and, it, and it doesn't matter if the person has one team member or a thousand team members. They don't get the recognition. So if you want to take a few minutes, we always like to allow the artists to take a minute to, to kind of talk about their team, whether it's the band members, whether it's PR people. doesn't matter who it is. You know, the, the floor is yours on that part. Yeah, so um, my biggest team member is obviously my my husband because he's kind of helped me do a lot of my, um, you know, not only is he like a supporter and friend, but he is my drummer Mm -hmm. whenever I do band stuff or even sometimes Mm -hmm. for acoustic shows. Um, And he's helped me with photography and graphics and booking and everything else. Um, Also, um, the folks who've helped me with my recording. Um, my first two singles were by Mike Loudermilk, um, and then the last single, Slow Love, was at Sheared Music Group. Um, just also have to shout out to all my co-writers. Um, out of the songs I've released so far, um, my co-writers are John Hemingway on Slow Love, um, and then on oh, wow. my the double-wide song, Laura Rebel. Um, but yeah, but my, my friends and songwriters, my family, um, who supports me 100%. Amy Brown has also done all the mastering on my um, songs, and she works for Yes Mastering Studios. Um, yeah, but my, my team's starting to grow, and we'll definitely probably, at some point, there'll be a limit to what I can do on my own because of time. Exactly. So I'm hoping my team will kind of start to grow as I get closer and closer <laughs> to that point, um, but I can't do it all myself. So. I, I remember hearing a quote that somebody said, and they said it was a Justin Bieber. I, I need to look this up to make sure he said this, but I, he probably said this. But I remember um, someone said that Justin Bieber made a quote that said that what took six six to eight family members to do at the beginning now takes 300. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I could see him saying that because as big as he is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I totally, I mean, there was a friend who was talk, our co-writer I was talking with the other day who was just saying mm-hmm. how she was working with a label and how just amazed that she was at how much full and how much time mm-hmm. and how much even money took into getting, you know, a song 300,000 plays, you know, so, you know, just yeah. all that that takes to push an artist to the top, you know, it's, it's amazing, especially somebody at Justin Bieber's level, like, I can't imagine mm-hmm. And now with him, he's so popular that he can just release it, and it's going to top. Right. Because <laughs> of, of the fan base that he has. <laughs> right. So it's it's amazing how much work is, is put into that. So, yeah, the, and the bigger you get, the more you need. So. so what does your parents think of all this with what's going on with you so far? You know, they love it. My mom has kind of known since I was a little girl that I was probably going to move off to Nashville. Um, <laughs> they, they've been, like, big supporters of it. Like I said, like, my, they're, they're very logical people, um, mm-hmm. but, they're also, but mm-hmm. they're also kind of supportive of the dream. They've never been like, no, yeah. you can't, you shouldn't do that. You know, they, they have encouraged having a plan of some way to make money and to do it smart. 
but they've they've yeah. always been very supportive of me doing this. Even sometimes whenever I think I kind of was holding myself back, I think they were still like, you've always wanted to do that. You should oh, do wow. it, you know. So that's oh, been wow. really cool to have that support from them. So tell us a parent. There's, you know, they probably do this all the time, but just something that kind of stands out when you think about this. Tell us a parent story where they went above and beyond, and you're like, wow, they really get this is my passion. Oh, gosh. Well, I did a, um, I did a, my first single released it in November of last year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was cool, but you know, for, for, of my standing, you know, we did a small album release party or single release party and, um, just, they live like seven hours away. And I was like, you know, y'all have stuff going on this weekend. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Like it's not that big of a deal. It's cool, but a lot of it's going to be the pushing of the song and the release after the release. But they were like, no, yeah. this is a huge deal. And, you know, cleared their yeah. schedules, drove the seven <laughs> hours. They brought friends oh, with wow. them. Um, and oh, my dad wow. and my, my uncles even, like, helped us move into our townhome. And, like, I had three uncles drive to Nashville mm-hmm. to help me move into my townhome. Um, my dad's one of six kids. <laughs> and so... The whole yeah. family just really like steps up when you need them, and so that's cool. Even if, even like the uncles that I don't talk to every day, mm-hmm. you know that they're willing to drive mm-hmm. seven hours to unload a truck for a day and sleep on the floor, you know, just for yeah. for nothing for a dinner bought. So, <laughs> wow. Um, so Love they're just that. really supportive and awesome. <clears throat> and I can tell you it's like a family affair for you, and that's kind of how our show is. We're a family affair, and we always joke that we kind of got a third co-host, and I guess I shouldn't say joke because he really is. He's our third co a little eight-year-old boy. He always asks one question, and you know what? When, when our 17-year-old – I mean 17-month-old daughter gets older, we'll be plugging her in too, but Sandy's going to get little Chris on to ask his one question. Awesome. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> <clears throat> Here he is. Here's Christopher. Hi, Christopher. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to go for, like, dinner. I'm going to say chicken and dumplings. Mm. Do you like chicken <laughs> and dumplings? Uh, uh, yeah, Mommy does. She does? <laughs> he, he does, too. And, too. Awesome. <clears throat> and anything chocolate would be my other one for dessert, anything chocolate. Yes, me too. And what's yours, little Chris? Um, pizza. Pizza? Pizza's pretty good. <laughs> Can I count coffee as a food group? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm the coffee drinker of the family. That's true. Yes. <laughs> I just love food, so it's really hard for me to decide. <sighs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yeah, he he loves that part, and he gets out. There's been a few times where artists had to cut out before we got to the question, and mm-hmm. so he didn't get to ask his question. He gets upset, <laughs> but for the most part, I think probably 95% of the interviews we've done, he of the artist ones, he uh, yes. he's on. That is amazing. Does he like <coughs> prep his questions in advance? Well, it's the same question every time. We we, oh, okay. we prepare same him so right that, now. So same one, but he'll easy. eventually I mean, add more, have different. But he loves oh, it I love so it. much. 
as he grows, we'll help him grow into that where he can ask a different question. And <laughs> but right yeah. now he's got this one nailed. And <laughs> he's down. Fact, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes an artist will ask him a question outside of that, and then he's confused because <laughs> he's not used to that. <laughs> he's like, Wait a minute. <laughs> that's adorable. I know. I know that's got to be like such a big highlight for him. <laughs> oh yeah, he loves it. And so the funny much. thing is, a lot of times we're listening to artists. Um, when mm-hmm. they go live on Facebook, and if they've done a sh- our show, if they talk about our show, the first thing they mention is Lil Chris and his pizza. <laughs> I love it. He's, he's the so memorable He one. makes us memorable. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. That is such a tough question. Um, if you ask me who I would want to sing with, I'd probably say Alan Jackson. Um, but write sure. with that definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. ooh, I might have to think on that one a little bit more, to be honest. <laughs> um, let's see. I, who is who? Who wrote um, "Paint Me a Birmingham"? I can't think of the writer behind it. Um, that one might would be mm-hmm. it. Just I love like oh, story, song. meaningful songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one was kind of the one that popped in my head when you asked me that question, but the the art or the writer's name is escaping me right now. Um, but yes, that would be just somebody I could awesome. write like an amazing story song with. That would be really cool. So, what song of yours means the most to you, and why? I think I have um, a song that I just called Pop All Song. It's Really, the title of it is um, Good Old Days, um, but it's one I wrote for my mm-hmm. grandpa. Um, we haven't released oh, well. it or anything. It's not like a super commercial song. It's it's very like yeah. kind of folky sounding. Um, but I think that one would be the the my favorite just because it's very um, imagery heavy, um, and it's mm-hmm. all like personal mm-hmm. stuff. It's all things like about my grandfather and about you know, the land oh, well. that they lived on and his creativity. So um, I would say that one's probably the, the most special to me. Now, the question I'm about to ask probably has about a thousand answers, but just in your head when I ask it. So when, when you hear songs out there, what is a song that you've heard and you thought, I wish I wrote that? Most recently, so like you said, a thousand answers for this one, but The More Hearts <laughs> Than Mine by Ingrid um, Andrus. Oh, that that oh, one yeah. is just, it's a newer song, and in the world of modern country, it kind of still keeps a very, like, rootsy, simple country production mm-hmm. as well as those lyrics. And it was just such a cool perspective on, on like, a breakup, you know, just this idea mm-hmm. that, like, okay, if you're going to be with me, if you're going to date me, you're also in my family's life. Um, yeah. So it's not just, exactly. it's not just me, you know, you're in everybody's life around me. So that's, <laughs> it was such a cool, cool song. Um, so that'd probably be the one most recently that I've been like, yeah, wow, love, why did I not that. think of that Great one? <laughs> it's that simple too. Really like cool it's song. such a simple love... concept, but it's beautiful. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I remember the first time I heard that one on the radio, I was like, oh, that's going to be a hit. Oh, yeah, it's a gorgeous. It took it way too long to get there, but I'm glad it finally did. So I'm about to ask a question. I have a purpose for the way I ask this, but I'll explain it right after I ask. 
if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm kind of asking it in this way is I want artists to really think about this because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was. And the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of the life she's living right now. So a lot can happen in five years. So I like to tell that story because I want artists to realize a lot can happen in five years. So if all bets were off, where do you want to be in five years? If all bets were off, you know, I think, like we said, I know I know, I can be successful without being, like, famous. And I don't necessarily want to yeah. be, like, crazy famous where I can't walk into the grocery store. But <laughs> to have a few songs on the radio, to be able to mm-hmm. tour with National X, um, or even to be a co-writer um, and have a song I wrote on the radio, even if I'm not singing it, um, yeah. I think that would be the dream, to be <laughs> able be to – to be a national act, touring, writing, and have have some airplay, um, that would be, you know, the ultimate dream. I don't have to have, don't have to make a ton of money, but to be able to, to live comfortably and tour and and have my music recognized would be amazing. You know, that's like the Frank Myers. I think he has the best life. You know, all these years, you know, he wrote the song I Swear. He wrote what was the other couple other ones? Sandy. He wrote. Uh, the Lone Stars, I'm Already There, and Front Porch Looking In. And oh, your I'll average person, if you ask them who he is, they, would, they wouldn't know who he was. But, yeah. but yet he's got 12 mm-hmm. number ones under his belt. So he's gotten to live his music dream without all the fame that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I that do. I do still like want to be on stage. Like I do want to still do the artist side of things, just because I. Yeah. I think that's what made me fall in love with that and songwriting in the first place. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, just to be able to to tour and whether it's big arenas or um, opening being an opening act or, you know, mm. any of those levels, I would honestly be happy with. Um, but just to be able to do that and, um, make a living doing it would be amazing. Now, let's say you're five or ten years down the road, and you're successful to whatever degree it is. If you could meet your future self, what would you tell her? That all the hard work is worth it, and doing doing things kind of the hard way that I'm kind of doing them there right now, like doing so much myself and funding myself will all be so much sweeter on the other side. Because, you know, because we like to flip it, to, you know, because a lot of people ask, what would you tell your past self? That's why I always like to go to the future. What would you tell your future self? Yeah. Um, because, <clears throat> cause, cause, you know, yeah, that was really the question. Because, again, you know, everybody asks it the other way. I like to be different. I like to go the mm-hmm. other way on a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, it's one of them things where, okay, you're on stage, you're 10 years down the road, and you can meet that woman. What would you tell her? So if I'm meeting my future self. Yeah, what would you tell um, her? To not to forget to slow down sometimes. And, um, you know, I think my dad has always told me, like, always keep your common sense. Like, no matter 
how <laughs> no matter how big or you know important you are <laughs> don't become mm-hmm. too big or too smart for your common sense <laughs> um so i think just reminding my, reminding whatever level i'm at to to stay humble to um and to keep pushing, even if I'm, you know, if I haven't gotten to where I am, but hopefully I have, you know, but just to keep pushing, to keep my common sense and to slow down sometimes. Love that. That's great. Let's say that you have a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they, they got something special. There's definitely something there. Um, and now this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And, and let's say that they've played maybe 30 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet from the stage standpoint, but – They've gotten what every artist says, that stage bug. They've gotten on that stage enough to where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring and cheering, and they just know that they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Crystal, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? To... Yeah, I like y'all's questions. These are very unique. I'm actually having to like think about a lot of these. Um, <laughs> we appreciate I, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to to do it, to just not overthink it and get in their own way, because I think that's kind of something I struggled with was just being like, oh, I can't do this until this is mm-hmm. done. And I I rec- realized mm-hmm. that once I just jumped in and did it, it. I, you know, I got better by just doing it. Um, so I think yeah, I would right. tell them to just to give it their all and to go full in. Like, um, don't hold yourself back. Just take every opportunity and almost say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. Obviously, being smart about that, but um, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. just don't get in your own way. Don't get in your own head. Just kind of put your blinders on and and take all the opportunities. I definitely understand what you just said. Because we had the show ideal for probably a year before we launched. And it was like, finally, by the end of last year, I'm like, you know what? We just got to do it. We set a date. We set January 3rd as the launch date of this show. Mm -hmm. That, you know, my mom passed away years ago, but that was her birthday, January 3rd. I thought, perfect time to launch it. Let's just do January 3rd, 2020. 2020 is our year for sure. And we just had to do it. I I always wanted it to be perfect. So I never launched. I mean, we, we had the ideal for six, seven, eight months of last year. Never did. Mm-hmm. Kept saying, kept even saying on Facebook, up, oh, we're, we're about to launch. Up, oh, we're about to do this. Up, oh, we're about to. Nope, never did. Kept, I kept doubting myself, kept doubting this, kept doubting that. And finally, I had to come to the point where I said, you know what? We're either going to rise and shine or we're going to crash and burn. Either way, <laughs> at least we did it. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah. and we went exactly. forward. Exactly. And before I moved to Nashville, you know, I think I had it in my head that, like, oh, oh, I have to move to Nashville to do this. Or, like, oh, I don't want to book mm. shows until I have my set list perfect. Or I've uh-huh. practiced these songs that got them to this point. And, you know, and then I just kept putting it off. Um, Even my my first single, I put it off six months before I released it. It was recorded and ready. Um, But just sometimes, you know, you just have to do it. And then you'll learn from it and you'll yep. do it better next time. Yes. But you learn mm-hmm. as you go if you if you just keep waiting for the perfect time, the perfect time never comes. So Yep, just like having kids. If you wait okay. for the perfect time, you'll never have kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People so, told us that um, for years. Yeah, they were right. <laughs> so 
as you know, as an independent artist, you probably have friends that are also trying chasing this crazy dream like you are. Who are one or two artists that you pers- that you know that other people should know? Well, I do have to say, um, one of my friends just released her first debut album. Her name is Laura Rebel. Um, so Hello. on that album, I do have um, one co-write with her. So that was kind of my first cut as a songwriter. But <laughs> she oh, has cool. um, she's more of like an alternative country. Um, mm-hmm. But her writing definitely, mm-hmm. you know, she kind of she loves like poetic lines, like kind of Bob Dylan esque type stuff. Um, and she just has such a unique sound and such an inspirational story. So I think Laura Rebel is definitely one you should check out. Um, my husband and I also sing sometimes with a band called the Mike Thomas Band. Um, they're a group of like all working guys, um, and they have released this album that Mike has kind of worked on throughout the years. Um, and so he, he actually moved to Nashville for music and realized that he just didn't have that commercial. Um, yeah. He didn't have the desire mm-hmm. to write commercial music. Um, so everything in the song is, it's very like rootsy country, yeah. um, but mm-hmm. just really quality songwriting and just oh, wow. real life stuff. Um, so he released an yeah. album. Um, also, let's see, my friend Taylor Hughes, um, Kirsty Krause, oh, so many, so many, but those are some of the ones <laughs> that popped in my head, first and foremost, especially um, Mike and Laura, because they just released their own projects. So, Love it. So as we come to a close here, we always finish with this same question. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? You know, actually, I have to say that y'all have asked a lot of, like, really cool questions. I, I can't think of one specifically off the top of my head because I think you guys did it. Y'all y'all actually asked questions that I had to really think about. <laughs> um, so sorry for all the ums and hmm, let me think about that. But, oh, no problem. Um, you know, a, a lot of times you get the basic, like, okay, where what made you want to get into music? Where are you from? tell us about your new single. Um, so no, it was, it was really refreshing to get to answer really just real life questions, I guess. Um, and unique yeah. questions. So thank you guys so much for that yeah. and all you do. You know, that's oh, the reason our tagline says up close and personal, because, you know, when we first launched the show, <clears throat> I remember telling Sandy, how can we got to be different than everybody out there. And once, and of course, we're a married couple. We're already different there. But what's our uniqueness? What's going to be make us stand out as a show? And as I started looking around, I was like, I know it. I know what it's going to be. We came up with the line up close and personal. It's like we're going to give artists long enough to get parts of their story or to talk about life and music because they never get that shot as an independent artist. Mm-hmm. Now, big artists they get that shot on those big shows, but. Independent artists and even the small, even the ones that are signed by labels, but they're still small, they don't get that shot either um, a lot of times. So we're like, you know what, we're mm-hmm. going to be that platform for them. No, and I think that was great. I mean, I, you, you know, you actually made me, made me think about, you know, where I am and how things have affected me recently. And, you know, so it was even good for me to get to just reflect on that myself and kind of ask myself these questions. And, you know, for the radio <laughs> listeners out there, like, these questions weren't sent to me prior to the show. So I had to really, you know, <laughs> give raw, real answers. So that was really cool. Love it. So if you want to tell everybody how yes. they can reach out to you, perfect time. So I have 
some songs released on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google, all the all the places that you get your music. Um, my website is crystalkingmusic.com. Um, you can subscribe to it for monthly newsletters and also find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I was late to the Instagram and TikTok game, so please follow me on there. Um, and it's most of them are Crystal King Music, and Crystal is spelled with a K and a Y. So K-R-Y-S-T-A-L, King is King of the World, and music. Love it. And, you know, we really enjoyed yes. having you on the show, and we look forward to having you back we down did. the road. Thank you guys so much. It was so nice talking to you. All right, oh, thanks. same here. You have a great day. You too. Have Bye. a great rest of your weekend. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, you too. Thanks.